Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. Hey, IAs, and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. At IAPath, we help you learn how to become a successful independent adjuster or auto damage appraiser in the next 90 days. If you're ready to get started, you can head over to IAPath.com. Today, what I want to talk to you about is the makeup of a good appraiser. Now, this is an auto damage appraiser. And Paul McKean of Viking Auto Appraisals out of Massachusetts used to be an instructor of appraisers at a college. And he, on LinkedIn recently, posted 14 things that make up a good appraiser. And so I'm going to go through those 14 things. And so you can make sure that you have all 14 checked off in your career so you're valuable to those that you're serving. So here's the question. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. All right, welcome back from the introduction. So as I said, we're going to go through 14 things that make up a good appraiser. And my guess is there's going to be a few of these that surprise you. And not only are some of these things going to surprise you, but some of the things that are missing may surprise you. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by ACD. And ACD is looking for appraisers who are good, who have the right makeup that Paul from Viking Appraisals was talking about. And if you're interested in diversifying where your work comes from in heavy equipment, motorcycle, RV, auto appraisals, and some small property claims, go ahead and send an email to network at acdcorp.com. If you're interested in getting on ACD's roster, send them your resume, your zip code coverages, and get the process started. You will not regret it. They're technology their staff is easy to work with and they're a pleasure to do business with so get on with acd by emailing them network at acdcorp.com okay so this list of 14 things that are in the makeup of a good appraiser number one must be well versed in all areas of the automobile business and we mean business okay that's all areas so how is a car repaired 
what is the process of a claim coming into an insurance company all the way through the line to the car coming back to the customer understanding the automobile business and how things work the proper terminology sure but really how does the business of all of this work is so important if you don't understand the business of how an IA firm makes money or how they reach the expect and meet the expectations of their clients you're not going to be a good appraiser because you're not helping them achieve their goals understanding the business of being an appraiser is so important number two must develop contacts and sources of information that are quickly available when he or she does not have the answer i love this one because uh for an easy example that most of us will probably be you know able to figure out it's like oh well i don't know what it costs for LKQ hood on a 2008 Honda Accord. Well, car-part.com does, LKQ does, so have a list of contacts that you can call to get a price when you don't know it. Um, another thing is something like the IAPATH community, being a part of a mentorship or having a mentor that can answer your questions or a community of people that can answer your questions when you need them, that's what IAPATH's all about. So if you need something like that to help you when you don't know the answer, Head over to the iapath.community uh, to get started with that. But we are answering questions in there each and every day. But you've got to have a contact or contacts to help you get answers when you need them. Love that. Number three, must present a neat and professional appearance looking like you just beat out a dent or just came from a banker's convention are two bad extremes. So... Usually, business casual is about the right terminology for that. You know, you want to look professional, but like you said, you don't want to be in a tuxedo. But you got to play the part. You got to look the part, and that's super important. Number four, must have reasonable command of the English language and be able to transpose thoughts onto paper. Typing and basic spelling skills are a must. Yeah, and for those of us who aren't the best spellers or the best at... uh, grammar you can get something called grammarly and install it in your browser and it'll help make sure you get a lot of that right but he's totally right if you can't spell or you can't type or you're not really good at the english language uh you're going to struggle in this job so that is a super important thing but once again grammarly is a great thing to have uh, for those of us who speak english well but may not spell it well uh number five should know the current selling price of everything from sandpaper to quarter panels Now, I'm not going to say I disagree with Paul here, but I can tell you from my personal experience, uh, I don't really know what the price of most things are. Um, So that's probably where an area I could improve to become a better appraiser. Um, So it's not necessarily an essential, a must, but it sure would help because you're going to be able to identify opportunities where the shops may... Uh, being mistaken or maybe you click the wrong thing because if you click a quarter panel and replace it and the price is two dollars you probably click the wrong part and you need to know that that's likely a six hundred dollar panel and not a two dollar panel so that's an area of improvement for me that i could do number six should be an avid reader of newspapers current event magazines and any of the numerous auto related publications another area of improvement for me i don't read much of that stuff i do try to keep up with what's going on but technology is changing so fast it's almost impossible to keep up with with the you know the age of the internet everything that's going on so i would say if i was trying to help somebody figure out how to tackle this beast of something is find a few good publications or websites to check you know a couple times a month just to scan through the headlines and see if there's anything new that maybe you were unaware of um because 
things are changing all the time. Um, you know, OEM uh, guidelines and uh, manufacturer guidelines of how things need to be repaired are changing. And it's good to be up to date on that and on the current issues and things that are in legislation. So definitely find a good source and stick with it. Number seven, must be able to communicate with people from all walks of life and feel comfortable in the environment of anyone's working conditions. Yeah, you can't be scared to walk in a shop. You can't be scared to walk in a tow yard, mud all around. You need to be able to communicate with anybody and everybody and be a people person. This is a must. We deal with all types of insurance, all types of shops, all types of people. And so he's right. We've got to be people uh, persons and be able to communicate effectively. Even if we don't love being around people, we got to act like we love being around people and communicate properly to them. Number eight, must be able to use basic business machines such as computers, calculators, cell phones, email, and photocopiers. Proficiency in the use of digital camera in various lighting conditions is an absolute must. Totally. You can add to that list nowadays things like Dropbox, Google Drive, Microsoft Word, um, you know, the different dashboards we got to upload to. We have to be fluent on modern technology. And if we're not, uh, even if we are successful as an appraiser, we're likely going to struggle in the time, area of time management because it's just going to take us too long. We need to use the tools that are being adapted uh, and, and adopted in our industry fast because if not, we're going to get left behind and take too long to do our claims. Love that one. Number nine, must adapt quickly to geographical situations that puts one in numerous strange cities and towns. Yeah, uh, Google Maps saves my bacon. It used to be MapQuest, and that was horrible. Uh, my wife and I used to bicker all the time while trying to figure out MapQuest in strange cities and towns when you don't know where you're going, trying to figure out where you're at. Google Maps is awesome for that, but also, you know, sometimes you end up in rough parts of town and you got to be able to adapt to that in a hurry. So that is another good thing to keep in mind um, is just, you know, being aware of your surroundings as you're going th to new places, you know, making sure that you feel comfortable and, uh, you know, always having your GPS ready. You know, one thing I found when I lived in uh, Colorado was that if I didn't have my GPS on and, you know, it wasn't updating me on uh, the, the uh, con traffic congestion, uh, it seems like there was always a wreck that I could have avoided if I had just taken a left turn or a right turn, you know, one exit earlier. I would have saved an hour of my day. So use your GPS even when you know you're, where you're going, especially like, you know, through your phone that updates traffic in real time. It's a must. It's a must in our job. We can't afford to lose an hour or two to traffic that we could have avoided. So love that one. Number 10, must know how to use the telephone and directories such as Yellow Pages. Must know how to read a street atlas. I got to say, Paul, that one's a little bit old, but I love you anyways. So Yellow Pages. Obviously, not really too much a thing anymore, uh, but using Google, just swap that out for Google. You need to know how to use Google. You need to know how to search for things and find uh, phone numbers and locations and you know how to read a street atlas. Know how to use Google Maps good. And in the event of emergency, you should have a street atlas. You know, the internet goes down, your cell phone breaks. You need to know how to get home. So you might need to be able to read a street atlas at that point in time. Number 11, must learn how to control the conversation. Ooh. Speaking my language, Paul, learning how to control the conversation, that is a really good point. And what that means is not so much that you want to be the boss and like, no, you listen to me. It's being able to conversate with people in a constructive manner. 
if you let other people control the conversation, you'll end up going places you didn't need to go or don't want to go. You'll end up in conversations that are confrontational that could have been avoided if you were setting the expectations and steering the conversation from the beginning. You know, uh, coming in and understanding who you're talking with, who you're representing, what the situation is, will save you all sorts of heartache because you can kind of steer the conversation. Um, you know, there needs to be a time in your conversation, especially with insureds and, and claimants, where you're giving them space to, you know, talk with you about their concerns and about their story. But for the most part, you need to kind of ask for it. You need to set up the different points of the conversation. And it's something I walk my students through is I actually give them scripts of what to use, basic starting lines of conversation, so they don't get confused about well, how do we handle an inspection conversation? How do I handle a phone conversation? You need to know where that conversation needs to go and what you need to get out of it so you actually end up getting there and it doesn't take an hour or two to do it. So great tip there. Uh, number 12, must develop self-discipline and time management. The good appraiser is on and off the road early. You know, I hate to say it, but Paul's right. For those uh, who love to sleep in, this job is way tougher than those who like to get up early and get on the road early. If you can beat the morning rush hour traffic and you know get to your first claims as the rush hour is starting, you know start your first inspection at eight o'clock if an owner's okay with that, you're way ahead of the game than if your first one's at 10 or 11. You're gonna end up getting bad traffic to your first claim and coming home from your last claim. And so yeah, time management is so important. Matthew Allen harps on this, you know, we are claims professionals and we have to be organized. We have to manage our time. And if we don't, we're gonna run out of it and not be near as productive. Using tools is great, but also just having awareness of what you need to do and what needs to get done. A short list of like, I need to handle these three supplements before I leave the house, and I need to leave the house at 6.30. What time does that mean I gotta get up? Oh, I gotta get up at 5.30. Being aware of what time you got to get up, what you got to get done, and how long it's going to take you is pivotal uh, to surviving long-term in this industry. If you just don't think about it and you just fly by the seat of your pants, you're going to get run over. All right, 13, uh, must learn to apply already taught codes of moral ethics that is consistent with our society. Yeah, taking brave bribes from body shops doesn't work. Like, hey, man, I'll give you 20 bucks if you give us the OEM hood. No, 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 don't do it, right? Uh, you know, an owner is trying to get you to put something on there that is obviously unrelated prior damage. Like, hey, listen, really would help me and my family out if you did that. That's not morally right. If it's not owed by the insurance company, even if we wish we could give it to the owner, we can't. Our job is to document and validate what needs to be paid for on behalf of the insurance company we need to be fair to everybody involved so yeah stick to your moral ethics don't take bribes you know don't just deny people because you don't like that pdr technician yes i've known appraisers to do that don't don't do that we have to uh stick to our moral ethics and our moral code and um and you know make sure it's consistent i, I like that part it's got to be consistent with you and with you know with the society at large as well last one 14 it should be apparent that simply because one is a skilled body tech does not imply that he or she will be a good appraiser. Just because you know how to fix something doesn't mean you know how to handle the claim process. And just because you know how to handle the claim process doesn't mean you know how to fix anything. I've never touched metal to repair 
a quarter panel or a fender or a hood in my life, whether as paintless dent repair or whether as conventional repair. It's never happened, but I understand the process. I understand the people involved, and it's a different set of skills. It's people skills, a lot of it, time management skills um, that that are important more than you know, uh, technical skills to repair a vehicle. So just because you don't have auto experience per se, just because you don't know cars, you're not a gearhead, does not mean you'd be a bad appraiser. Probably means you could be really good at it if you have people skills and customer service skills. If you're a body tech or, um, you know, or gearhead, you may be at a disadvantage to some point because you might think you know a lot and you're not as open to learning from other people. So no matter who we are, no matter what background we come from, one of the best things that we can do, and it's hard for me, be honest, it's hard for me, is to be humble and learn from other people. That's a skill in life is to be able to be teachable and to be coachable. And so when you get that rejection from an IA firm, you're like, oh my gosh, that inside adjuster doesn't know what he's talking about. To be able to understand that per their guidelines, this is how they write it. And it doesn't matter how much you know and that you know this is how the claim has to be handled per their company it's tough as long as you're legally within the right bounds we have to be teachable and coachable all right so that's so important now i want to point out i'm going to add one here because paul points it out all the time it's not really a new point it's just pointing out the obvious missing one being able to write a good estimate is not on there it's not on there why because being able to write a good estimate is secondary to all of those being able to write a good auto damage estimate is not why we exist. There are body shops who are rock stars at writing estimates. Why do they need us? No, we're the we're the middle person. We're helping facilitate the claim from the insurance company uh, to the owner to the shop and we're there to help the process along. We're not so much there to write the best estimate. We don't have to know every little rivet and clip that a Tesla is made up of. Yes, we should understand the basics of the automobile business. We should understand what makes up a good estimate. We should understand how to write a good original estimate to help get the claim process started. But understand, your job is not wrapped around making that estimate the best. Your job is handling the claim the most professionally, communicating the clearest between all parties, and making sure that this is as smooth a process for the owner as possible. Now, I'm sure there's people in the industry that would just stomp and throw their fists up in the air. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. We, we should be great estimators. Oh, yes, we should. That should be a goal of ours, but that is not the goal. There's 14 things that come in front of it at least, and there's probably more that we haven't even discussed. But being able to do these 14 things that we just talked about is way more important than being able to write a solid estimate. If you need help learning how to do these 14 things, if you need help learning how the business works, to learn how to communicate properly, and to learn how to write a solid estimate, that is what IAPATH does for auto damage appraisers and auto adjusters. We help you get started. We teach you in the course of 90 days, some people a little bit less, to do the job. Not just to write an estimate, but to do the job. All these things Paul's talking about. And then how to get work and we connect you to IA firms. So if you're interested in learning how to become an independent auto damage appraiser or adjuster, head over to iapath.com and click on the 
how to find work button. I have a free video course that teaches you about the industry and how to take the next steps in your career if you want help from us. If not, it's still a great video course that's gonna explain everything about the industry and give you a roadmap for how you can get started with or without our help. Thank you very much for listening to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. And until next week, keep walking your path and claiming your life. Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community, a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath, claim your life.